I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving holiday. It's something I look forward to uh, every year. Uh, we had 15 of us, no, 16 of us gathered. Uh, we had an extra. 16 of us gathered uh, together, just immediate family, at the Lepard House, and uh, uh, it's something that we always treasure. Well, now the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I want to all ha uh, wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Now, I don't know if this memory's clear, or most of my memories aren't clear anymore, which is good. Uh, but uh, uh, the way I remember it, the, in second grade one day, the teacher told me that uh, to come up to her desk as, as the other students were dismissed. And that can't be good, you know, for a second grade boy. And she handed me a, a note that was taped shut that I was supposed to take home to my parents. And that especially is not good for a second grade boy. So on the slow walk home through town, I ran through my mind all the things that I had said and done wrong recently that could end up in that note that I was taking home to my parents. Well, what was in that note was that my parents, it was a suggestion my parents should give me, have me have an eye exam because I couldn't see the things that were on the chalkboard. And when I got my first pair of glasses, I was stunned. I could see people from a distance. Maybe I should take my glasses off since now I see uh, certain ones of you. Uh, and I could, uh, I could see, read billboards and not have to stand right in front of them to, to read them. And I could see trees in the forest on the mountains. And the thing I clearly remember is I could see on the city trees something called twigs. I knew about branches, but I found these little branches they called twigs. I could see those. So I was stunned when I uh, first got my glasses. And it was a life changer for me. I knew um, living thankfully is like glasses. It helps us see God's glory in a more magnified way and to see his glory more clearly. And because our greatest joy is seeing God's glory, thanksgiving or gratefulness increases our joy. Psalm chapter 50, verse 14, just the first part of that verse, says, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. It seems that thanks is a mandate. Most of us don't like mandates. And that's pretty obvious all the more and more in our society today. 
we don't like to be told what we have to do. And we don't uh, like to be required to do something. But thankfulness and the giving of thanks is a mandate from the king, our heavenly king. The king commands us, be thankful. Offer to God thanksgiving. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I need this message more than anyone else here. And I think possibly this might be one of the reasons that Pastor John asked me to speak the Sunday after Thanksgiving and to mention it sometime in my message. I am a naturally a pessimist. Do I hear an amen from the pastor's wife? I heard an amen from a pastor's wife of a Baptist church this far north. I finally got one. Uh, in our country. Yes, Eunice can give an amen to that. I think uh, each of our three kids and my wife at some time has said, called me Mr. Grumpy Pants. It's usually, well, look who's Mr. Grumpy Pants today. I don't think my two son-in-laws have called me that yet. Well, at least not Ivan anyway. <laughs> we can't be grumpy and thankful at the same time. And we're commanded by the king to be thankful. The verse that should already be on the screen, yep, we'll stick with that verse. The offer to, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. There's many references in the Old Testament about how thanksgiving sacrifice was a pleasant aroma to God and uh, that uh, he, he was pleased with. However, in Psalm 50, he says it was not pleasant to him. And he, um, he did not enjoy the sacrificial thanksgivings. And that was because at that time, those that were bringing those sacrificial thanksgivings were griping inwardly about it. They felt like they were, um, they were internally griping about an obligation that they had to do. They felt like they were giving up something that they really wanted for themselves. So it was just an outward form of worship. We're good at that. An outward form of worship. And... Uh, they all felt like victims of religious tyranny. Now, in this psalm, God expresses his outrage before this verse. He expresses uh, very clearly, uh, in picture terms, his outrage that they're all so busy putting their own concerns before him that they can't worship, that it was just wasted worship. And God said, if that's what you're going to do, don't even bother with the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the external effort. 
of bringing the sacrifice. He owns a thousand. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need to be given anything. He doesn't uh, need us to give him things. So we should know that we can't give God anything because he already owns it. Yeah. Yeah. And if we are asked to give him something, he's already provided for us that offering. So we can't see that we're losing out on something that we really want for them ourselves. The sacrifice of thanksgiving is not a barely audible thank you through pursed lips of a pouting child. Genuine thankfulness is a heart's affection, not an act of a lip's muscles. It's, it's not willed, it's awakened. It's not a decision of the will, but a reflex of the heart. Now, another later verse in Psalm 50, which we'll put up on the screen, is verse 23. We're going to just look at the first part of that verse too. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. God speaking there. So he says the one who offers uh, thanksgiving as a sacrifice glorifies me. This offering of thanksgiving which glorifies God is not merely external. True thanksgiving needs to be felt in the heart. It needs to be a thanks feeling before it becomes a thanksgiving. We need to feel it. It needs to come from our heart. This is the only sacrifice that glorifies God. From Psalm 51, 16, 17. I don't have a slide for this, it's, uh, so you listen carefully. For you will not delight in sacrifice. Uh, they're speaking to God. For you will not delight in sacrifice. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices are of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Often God's words for praise and thanksgiving are linked together. It just goes together. Praise and thanksgiving, praise and thanksgiving. They're linked together. They go hand in hand. I'm just going to give two references here. There's uh, dozens of them, especially throughout Psalms. Psalm 35, 18 says, I will thank you in the great congregation, in the mighty throng, I will praise you. Psalm 69.30, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and praise are slightly different. The way I see it, thanksgiving focuses on what God does. And praise focuses on what God is. Yet because they're so commonly linked together in Scripture, God's calling us to rejoice on who he is as he's displayed in what he's done. 
thankfulness like glasses can help us see God's mercy, can magnify for us his mercy. For the sake of your joy in God and his glory, put on the glasses of thanks feeling first. It needs to be genuine. It needs to be heartfelt, a response from the heart. And thanksgiving through thanks living. Okay, I know somebody probably made you say something you were thankful for on Thanksgiving. Well, it ain't over yet. Because I'm talking to you about thanks living. How many of you kids would like a superpower? Would that be fun? Yeah, superpower. Well, Thanksgiving is a superpower. You know what kind of superpower it is? It's a superpower of supervision. Two words. Not supervision of your parents over you. Of supervision. It really is a superpower. It's the key that turns your situation around because it changes you. It changes your attitude. It changes your outlook in life. So it's a superpower that changes you. And it enables us to pass, to see past our experience and embrace how God is moving. Now that's the heart of the matter. Not only are thankful people able to draw strength from gratitude or thanksgiving, but they're also able to empower others with their magnified perspective of God as well. Some practical final challenges. I know some of you look forward to that word final when someone is speaking. Uh, but I have seven of them. I need to warn you. Some practical final challenges. So now I've talked about the heart of the matter. Let's talk about some practical things. Daily, okay? Daily practice giving thanks. And for us grumpy pants, it takes some practice. Thankfulness rather than criticism should be our default position. Every morning after my daily uh, quiet time of uh, reading the Bible and uh, I write things down. I, I read till I, God speaks to me and then I write it down. Sometimes if I'm reading in uh, Leviticus or something, I may have to read for quite a while. But other times, I could stop at a half verse like I have in this talk today. Uh, but after I, I meditate on it, and then I pray, then I write down, I put in writing to start my day two things that I'm thankful for. And that, thank, that starts my day of, tranks, of uh, thanks living. And then uh, I try to keep that going throughout the day. Daily practice giving thanks. Point two, express thankfulness regardless of the situation. 
1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances or everything. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How can we give thanks in all circumstances? I don't think we need to give thanks for all circumstances right in the moment. But we can give thanks in all circumstances. How can we do that? Why can we do that? To me, the answer seems because we don't have the whole picture. We always think we do, don't we? On whatever issue it is, we, we think we see it clearly. We think we have the whole picture. But we can give thanks in all circumstances because we don't see the whole picture. We can only know that God is at work for his glory. And uh, he is going to sustain us through it. That would be Romans 8.28. He'll work for his, for he, he's at work for our good. And uh, he's going to sustain us through it. Regardless of what's happening. And in a group this size, I'm sure there's some pain. There's some suffering. There's even death. It's been more common this past year. Of uh, loved ones. There's uh, disappointment, there's problems. You put whatever label you want to on the situation. Uh, God is redeeming the situation and sustaining us through it. He's redeeming it and sustaining us. And that's why we can give uh, thanks in all circumstances. A.W. Tozer, I can hardly speak without giving a quote from uh, A.W. Tozer. Perhaps it takes a pure faith to praise God for unrealized blessings than for those we once enjoyed or those we enjoy now. Point three. Thank and praise God when things are going well. That seems obvious, but it really isn't. Because those of us that aren't pessimists, you were conditioned to believe that life will go well for us, aren't we? So we expect things to go well. So we don't give God thanks when things go well because we expect him to do that for us. When life goes smoothly, we don't seem to see it as a gift from God. So express thankfulness in good times. Four, learn to see how bad experiences can produce good outcomes. Take time, and sometimes it takes time. Take time to consider the benefits of difficult times in our lives. Those of us that were here for pie and praise heard uh, a couple share about that. Consider the benefits of difficult times in your lives. 
bad experiences can over time help us gain strength and momentum for future blessings in our life. So be thankful even in bad experiences. We can do it in the middle of it. Make gratitude five. Make gratitude a part of your interaction with other people. That's thanks living. It becomes a part of your life. Thanksgiving is every day you celebrate Thanksgiving because it's become a thanks living for you. I was in the hospital for, they tell me, over a month when I had an infection in my heart. And they told us that night around midnight that I had subacute enocarditis and often people die from that. And uh, uh, so they spent, I don't know, it's all a blur, but two to three weeks trying to knock that infection down to the point that they could do open heart surgery and uh, uh, operate on a, a valve in my heart that needed repair. So they drew blood every four hours for weeks, day and night. So about two weeks into this, I was able to, at the point, uh, that point, not even open my eyes. I heard the footsteps coming to me in the night, and you're just falling asleep. It seems like you can never sleep in the hospital. If you want to get sleep, don't go to the hospital. The lights are on. Oh, I'm, com I'm complaining. We'll talk about that more. Yep. Okay, that was an example of complaining. I think that's my next point. So, uh, but I, I kept my eyes closed, and uh, somebody came up and took a blood sample, and I heard him walking away. And I said, thank you. And I heard them stop. And I heard them turn. And they just stood there silently and opened my eyes. And I saw it was a young man. And he stood there and didn't say anything for about a minute. And then he said, that's the first time in nine years that anyone's ever thanked me for what I did, what I do for a living. Now, if I had my Mr. Grumpy pants on, I didn't have any pants on at the time. <laughs> and that, let me tell you, those little uh, hospital nighties don't come down as far on somebody that's six foot four as they do on somebody that's five foot four. And, uh, but if I would have had my grumpy pants on, I would have thought, I would have said, well, if you wanted to be thanked, you probably chose the wrong profession, where you sneak up on people every four hours and you suck their blood, suck their blood from them. But I didn't say that because I didn't have my grumpy pants on. But I did say, they, uh, well, I've been here a couple of weeks. They're trying to get the infection down. The only way they can figure out whether it's getting worse or better is by blood draws every four hours. So either you're my ticket out of here or they'll take me out feet first from the morgue. So thank you. And he just stood there and he, shook, he turned and shook his head and said, nobody's thanked you. Thank me uh, for what I do in nine years. And I said, that's not true because I have twice. 
How about those people that work in those fast food restaurants? In a sense, they're putting their life on the line for you to eat a greasy hamburger. Do you think they can't wake up? They just, they're so anxious at night because they're looking forward to flipping greasy burgers all day long and answering dumb questions from old seniors like me that says, do you have a senior discount? And uh, for cleaning up after me with my shaky hands, you know, they have to come and clean up after me. And do you think they can't just wait to get to work to do that? So thank them. Walk up to them, look them in the eye, and thank you. How about those people that you see cleaning public restrooms? I have no social skills, so that gives me liberties in life that most of you will never have. So I can walk up to a total strange person in a bathroom and start conversations with them. But uh, go up to them. Do you think they, they, that's their dream job? That they, oh, I just wanted all my life to clean public bathrooms six days a week, eight, ten hours a day. Do you think that's their dream job? Thank them. A number of people that will just stand and stare at me because they can't believe somebody's thanking them. Do it. Make it a part of your life. Start from the first hour of the day and uh, make it thanks living uh, a natural part of your life. Now, you need to, if you forget anything, you need to hear this, okay? If you forget all of it, you only have one thing you remember is what I meant to say. Often the ones we express gratitude to the least are the ones closest to us. So daily, thank people. Thanksgiving involves verbally giving thanks. That's why it's Thanksgiving. You can be thankful. You could say, yeah, I'm thankful. Um, but that's not good enough. You need to give thanks to God. Give thanks to others. Just like many of the women in our lives tell us, use your words. You need to give thanks. Number six. Fellow grumpy pants, don't allow yourself to complain about anything. That hits close, doesn't it? because I already complained about not getting sleep in the hospital. I can't get through a half an hour talk without complaining. It's just a part of us. And by the way, most of us grumpy pants are clueless. So ask somebody close to you to point out when you're complaining, because we're clueless. Don't allow yourself to complain about anything. If we're complaining, we aren't thankful. We aren't thanksgiving. Ungratefulness dries up our soul. Seven, lean into the strength voicing thankfulness supplies. Lean into it. 
people I know who have gone through some extremely uh, tough situations and are still grateful are the ones that are most perseverant. And they're the ones that will just keep on for the Lord throughout their entire lives. Lean into it. Be like them. Claim as your own their God-magnifying superpower of supervision. Again, I wish you happy Thanksgiving.